Welcome to the Notes My Goats podcast. I am Steve. I am Brandon. And we are on a Friday. It is Friday. October. Yep. It is cold, I'm assuming. I'm assuming. It's cold today, so I okay. mean, it must be so cold here's the in thing. October. We're recording. What day is today? The 22nd? September 22nd. Okay. Question for the three of us. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Oh, oh, not Siri. Don't ask Siri. Yeah, what does Siri want to know? Is it going to be snowing by the time this episode drops? No. Will we have had our first snow? No. No? Okay. Oh, I don't believe so. I don't think no. we'll get snow on Halloween this year. Okay. Well, you never know. So, all right. Well, let's just kind of jump into it, guys. So today we are talking about um, a pretty cool uh, soundtrack, one that wasn't on either Steve or my radars. Um, until we started talking Sweeney Todd, trying to get somebody on, we never actually got somebody on for that, which no big deal, but, uh, yeah. And all of a sudden this person was like, if you guys ever do the nightmare before Christmas, let's do it. Um, and Steve and I, I literally texted Steve and I was like, we're going to do it. He goes, hell yeah. I was like, all right. So guys, I want to introduce to you the person behind this episode, making this possible pretty much. Guys, give it up for Grand Rapids area actress and uh, wedding planner of her own for her own thing in January. Guys, give it up for Audrey Wieringa. Audrey, welcome to our podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's great that this just all started because of one Facebook comment. I could have done Sweeney Todd, you know, if you just want to randomly switch right now, just go ahead and record that one. We did already record that one. So, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, Oh man, we well, can do a part. We can do I'm a part here. two. We'll get you back. Don't worry. Part two. Don't worry. Sweeney we'll Todd two. <laughs> Sweeney Todd two. It might come. You never know. The the demon barber of some other street. I don't know. The he demon barber of yeah right. So so Audrey, if people can't read already what the episode title is, what soundtrack did you bring to Steve and I that ultimately we're talking about today? Yeah, you guys had, uh, we're talking about Sweeney Todd because it's more of, you know, a spooky story, a Halloween theme story. Mm-hmm. So that immediately made me think of the soundtrack to The Nightmare Before Christmas, which is one of my favorite soundtracks to listen to this yeah. time of year. Yeah, awesome. Steve asks me this from time to time. So um, I'll just kind of ask the crowd. Steal my thunder, man. I know it. Um when was like the first time that you saw this movie and kind of fell in love with it? Audrey, we'll start with you. Yeah. So I didn't watch this movie in my childhood at all, which I think okay. is a good thing. Um, because well, hold on. I would have been. How, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you or in the, in the I range? Am, I am 25 years old. Okay. You're right. yeah so so when yeah okay it was not like it wasn't on my radar as a child basically because I I had a a home where it was like we we didn't watch scary movies and this was considered a scary movie so I didn't watch it until um and I think I would have been too freaked out by anyway to watch it like any younger than um how old I was um right 
I watched it during exam week of my freshman year of college. Um, nice. Because I didn't want to study anymore. I remember like where I was when I watched it for the first time because it was right before Christmas. Obviously, it was mm-hmm. uh, like the winter exams. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to study anymore. And I was like, well, what movie should I watch? And I looked on like my Netflix queue or whatever. And I'm like, Nightmare Before Christmas. That seems somewhat fitting for this time of year. So I wasted an hour and a half um, yep. not studying and yep. watched the movie. And that was also, I think, the first Tim Burton movie I had ever watched as well. And that actually really made me fall in love with his mm. style of, mm-hmm. of storytelling and filmmaking um, and kind of all of the fun Easter eggs that he has in his movies. So, you know, since then I ended up watching like Corpse Bride. Um, I've seen Sweeney Todd. I've seen like Sleepy Hollow, which is kind of not a great movie, but it's fun and spooky mm-hmm. and um, like Beetlejuice. And I think he directed Big Fish as well. Just those like mm-hmm. fun quirky movies that he's done. So nice. definitely it started with Nightmare Before Christmas. Awesome. Nice. We'll give you some more quirky ones before we're done here today. There's more that you got to check out. All right. So what about you, Steve? When was the first time you were introduced to this? And then you can go into your Wikipedia, everything. So I'm the old guy of the show coming at 30. Yeah. You know, you know what? I'm trying to be nice to you right now, but don't push me. I'm close uh, to the edge. I know. <laughs> um. So I am, I'm 37. So when this came out, I was you know, uh, like nine. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably didn't see it. I didn't see it in theaters because uh, of when it came out. This is like Disney's heyday. So I wouldn't have saw this one in theaters. I probably saw it a couple years later. I was probably uh, sixth grade, seventh grade, maybe. But my family was a little different than Audrey's. We watched <laughs> scary movies a little, a little bit, bit, just a touch. Um, we watched scary movies. If you listen to the episode, couple episodes prior to this we do our top five halloween-ish movies um and candy uh you'll find out i hate scary movies i don't like them i'm the Mm. biggest baby in the whole wide world and well have have punched people at at haunted houses quite frequently (laughs) Uh, my wife thinks this is the funniest damn thing in the whole world and if you remember the stories i told a couple weeks ago it's happened and it will continue okay. probably to happen. I just don't go to them very often anymore because I have to pay to go to them now. Yeah. And I'm not paying to be scared because I'm a grown man and I have to do that. Right. So can I tell a story? Oh, can oh I tell absolutely. A story about go scary for it. Movies? So I, I'm right there with you. I'm such a baby. Um, I will watch some, I call them mild salsa scary movies where they're like, they're very low, low key for the most part. And then sometimes I'll branch out and be brave. Um, but I've watched both of uh, the Quiet Place movies, which oh, yeah. they're more of a thriller, not necessarily like horror, but they're kind of scary. So this past spring, when the second movie came out, um, a group of friends of mine and I uh, came, went to go and see it in the movie theater. And like, we're sitting there um, waiting for the movie to start. You know, the movie, it gets like kind of dark right before the movie starts. And I like leaned over to my friend. And I was like, oh, we really are in a quiet place, aren't we? And then- <laughs> I jump because John Krasinski comes up on screen and says, hi, everyone. Welcome to the movie. And that scared the crap out of me because <laughs> I was like waiting. And then it was like, hi, guys. I was like, <clears throat> I'm a gym. so I'm right there with you. I'm very easily like scared and I would punch someone at a haunted house, too. That's why I never go. Right. See, my wife thinks it's the funniest thing in the world because I, I am a, a pretty big guy. I'm six foot two, like, like 255 right now. Mm-hmm. And I 
I'm, you know, a little scared. I've been, been told I'm a little scary. Um, but it's that's I'm why big, we're friends because I don't want to yeah, be on your bad side. It is. Well, you've seen it and it's not fun. Uh, well, um, you're very, very true. So it's one of those fun things where I hate them, but I love them at the same time. Like I love thriller movies. I love, I love that sort of stuff. I love the feel. Burton's movies, while in the horror genre or in the thriller ish, like, scary genre aren't scary to me um beetlejuice most mostly because of the comedic effect there's so much comedy yeah. involved um mm-hmm. like if you if you don't like scary movies this is a quick tip you don't like scary movies but your friends want you to go to a scary movie go to this go to the movie theaters in the ghetto with <laughs> the biggest black audience you can find because <laughs> um darius darius and mel can back me up on this i'm sure they can you go to a, a black movie theater with mostly an African-American crowd and they yell at the screen when the scary stuff's supposed to be happening. Like you will hear them yell, Oh no, don't, don't open that door. Yeah. Don't yeah. open. And it's hilarious. So yeah. you're supposed to be scared, but at the same time, it's like a, it's a like dinner and a show. Cause you're just like, yeah. Oh, what yeah. are they going to do now? It's, it's very interactive. You Yes. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that is how I do scary movies. And I, when that's I was hilarious. At, when I was at Western, I went and saw some scary movies of people. The best one I saw was Final Destination 2 hmm. with a bunch of uh, black college football players. And it was the best day of my life because it was hilarious. <laughs> they were they were making fun of everything that was going to happen before it happened, when it happened, and then after it happened. You see that? Yeah, you like there was, you couldn't hear the movie. You couldn't. It was it was seriously at Mystery Science Theater 3000 with a whole crowd of people. You couldn't oh hear gosh. the actual movie. You just saw stuff, and then you saw your guy next to his reaction. It was the best thing ever. But so that's me, kind of me. I love Tim Burton movies. I love Night Before Christmas. Um, just the stop motion animation. Um, of the three kind of the trilogy of him, which is Frank and Weenie, Night Before Christmas, and Corpse Bride, Corpse Bride by far is my favorite. I love it's, that. That's movie. a beautiful, it's a beautiful movie. It's I, done I love that movie so too. Well. It is it, it is done so incredibly well. Um, and it's so short for just a feature length movie too. It's only just right, over an hour yeah. long. But um my I got hooked into Tim Burton with Batman, Michael mm-hmm. Keaton Batman's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and Pee-wee. So he did Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and, and that's right. He was the Pee Wee. So Paul Hermans, yeah. who's actually in this movie, um, uh-huh. he was uh, he Tim Burton did Pee Wee. It's kind of his first weird one, like when the weirds were happening, because he did a lot if of we're the talking, children of the nineties. If, if we're talking scary movies and scary characters, Pee Wee scared the, no Paul Rubens scared the crap out of me as a kid, and <laughs> well, with him as Pee Wee, just. Ha! He would love that though. Carbons <laughs> is, is, is an amazing actor, and he would just. Uh, and then you look into it, like himself, like as a person, and you're just like even more creeped out. Anyway, dude, I'm telling He's you, the crazy 80s, guy. He's, the 80s oh, yeah. were Paul Rubin, were, were, were Paul Rubens, and dude that played Ernest, Jim Cummings. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So like it was Ernest, it was like the Ernest movies and Pee Wee, like it was just like yeah. the shtick of it. They were great. I don't know. I'm, just, yeah. I'm a kid of the '80s, so it kind of works out. Yeah. I'm but, not. So Brandon, what about you? What What is your uh, Never Before Christmas or even Tim Burton? You know, I kind of fall, I guess, in between both of you. Um, I obviously Steve Steve knows this, but I grew up kind of in a sheltered environment you don't say i know and um this movie was 
I, I would always see it, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas, but it's like, that's too scary. You can't watch it. So it's like, okay. So watch I, prob- I, I, I did, yeah. And like the Rugrats movies and like- Charlie Brown, it, Charlie Brown uh, Halloween. Yeah, and like Rick It Pumpkin. Takes Two with Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. Like, whatever. I'm not surprised by that no, one. No, me either. And uh, it was Double Trouble Toil and Toil and Bubble or whatever it was called, man. Come on now. Yeah, man. Yeah, or even like Halloween Town from those Disney Channel original movies. All right, that was awesome. I will. That I will was give pretty you good. Halloween Fan- Town was like Phantom of the, not Phantom of the Opera, Monster. I don't know what it was. There was another one. Anyway, I would watch those, but then I probably didn't watch this probably until college, honestly, mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just friends were like, oh, it's spooky season, blah, 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 blah. Let's watch this movie. And so we would all haul around in my apartment um, on campus because that was the cool thing to do, live in, in an apartment on where Audrey and I went to college, living in the apartment. Oh, was like, she went to the college. There's also a stone's throw from Grand Rapids. She did go to a stone's throw. Yeah. Um, is so that what you call it? <laughs> we yeah, yeah. I don't want to get in trouble. Well, That's I fair. don't. I don't care. But um, friends of ours work there too, so I really don't want to get in trouble. Well, she used. I to mean, work. she used to. Work I work there. there right. Right now. So you do? Yeah. Yes, two I do. Friends. Two friends of ours work there. Yeah, yeah, probably. So I don't care. But yeah, a stone's throw, and you know, living in an apartment out there was like you were on campus, but like you were far enough off campus where you could kind of do your own thing you mm-hmm. felt like an actual adult yeah i lived in one of those apartments too yeah you're like oh i have an apartment i don't have a dorm i have an yeah, apartment like an apartment. come over to my apartment yeah right and then it's like oh where is it like on campus and they're like Pfft. oh it's a dorm it's what a, you're saying. it's a, just a glorified dorm yeah it's a dorm with a kitchen <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> and your own bathroom so i mean Anyway, but yeah, so I kind of fell into that where it was kind of in college, just kind of watching it, you know, turn the lights down, turn the lights off in the living room. Everybody just kind of cram into your apartment living room and watch the the box TV or flat screen TV that you stole from your mom's basement. So uh, not stole, your mom probably gave it to you. For me, it was my roommate's parents because my mom didn't have a TV for Let Me Borrow. Anyway, anyway, I digress. Oh. So i got stories i don't miss that life no me either i just buy my own tvs now (laughs) and then ask steve to help me put them on the wall because they're ginormous (laughs) that's how it goes that definitely happened right so steve let's get into the wikipedia aspect you've kind of done the maybe you haven't i don't know um okay the wikipedia dive into i'm guessing a little bit of tim burton a little bit of who's in this movie um the soundtrack a little bit so uh Hit us with some wiki knowledge, man. So, Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, I try to stick it mostly to the movie. Um, there is a little bit of soundtrack stuff in here, too, and a little bit about Burton itself. But so, 1993 stop motion animation film produced by Tim Burton. It was not directed by him. Mm-hmm. Do you know why? Because he wasn't famous enough. Nope. Didn't want to do it. Stop motion <laughs> animation takes forever. This took like two and a half years to produce. In the meantime, he was doing Batman. Okay. So um, the concept, though, for the movie did come from Tim Burton. He came from a poem that he wrote in 1982 while working for Disney as an animator. Hmm. 
So he wasn't animated for Disney for quite a while. Um, nice. He did try to produce the film multiple times in like a short cartoon style or in a like a 30 minute TV special. He was trying to like weasel his way into Disney to get this done, but was completely it was shot down because of the the concept. It was too too scary for kids. What Disney sure. said. Um, while they kill off everybody else's parents. Damn you, Disney. <laughs> they do. Every single Disney it's, movie, somebody's parents not, all orphans. It's all orphans. All orphans. You're not wrong. In some way, shape, or form. They've lost yeah. a parent or both of them. Yeah. Um, and you couldn't have a skeleton having wanted to be Santa Claus. Come on now. He, he doesn't have parents either, though. No, no, technically he doesn't. Scary. That's pretty <laughs> um, scary. Right. To not so, have parents and be a skeleton. And right. be a skeleton, yes. But he's yeah. got a dog-ish. A ghost dog. Ghost who also doesn't a, have parents. Still a ghost dog. You're not <laughs> oh, wrong. Oh, man. man Disney. All, all right. This episode is sponsored by Big Brothers Big Sisters. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Reach out. Folks. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, oh, so, my gosh. It was in 1990, though, Burton was given a production deal with Disney. So he had started to kind of make his way with Pee Wee and with all the other movies. He did Dick Tracy or, and a couple other ones he helped out with and mm-hmm. Batman. And Disney was just like, no, nah, we need to get a production deal with you. So you start making some money for us again because we missed the money. Um, so with his with his production deal, he was able to get this started because he said, OK, well, you're going to let me do some stuff. I'm going to make this movie too. Um, but he, he got his director to kind of figure it out. He did produce it based on his story, his everything else. He has the general art direction behind the movie was him. Mm-hmm. Um, the film was actually though released, not by Disney. They released it under touchstone pictures, which is a oh. subsidiary of Disney because they deemed it again, too scary for mainstream audiences. They changed their mind. They changed their mind. Not far after, right. uh, this one made how much money at the box office, Brandon? Oh, at the box office in 1993, I'm going to yep. say it made $47 million. Okay. What about you, Audrey? Oh, man. Um, I'll go with $55 million. Audrey's closer. Oh, 91 man. mil. Ooh, oh, right. wow. 91 mil. This did come out again late uh you know like i think it came out in november oh no like late november of 93 now this was sandwiched between two big disney movies so disney movies aladdin came out in 92 and lion lion king came out in 94 so it was like right in the heyday of like crazy animation time for disney so right. people were kind of eating the, the animation up and this came out after batman returns which was number two i'm pretty sure for tim burton okay. so he was riding the batman train pretty hard mm-hmm. so that's how he got it got it going um this is actually the first animated film to be nominated for the best visual effects oscar it did not win because it went up against uh schindler's list oh wasn't gonna win that but uh, it, it was the first animated film to be nominated for Best Visual Effects, so it's kind of there, kind of yeah. set the tone there. Yeah. Um, eventually, it was re-released by Disney um, multiple times, and then from 2006 to 2009, for that uh, four-year period, they actually released it annually in theaters in 3D. Um, oh, cool. You know, hitting that money train as much as they possibly could because it's Disney. Sure. Right. Um, but it's, it was actually the first um, stop-motion film to be converted to 3D. So the very first one ever to be converted to converted over to 3D. 
So some of the cast. Now, I did mention Paul Rubens. He plays Locke. Yep. There's some other fun ones in here. Uh, Patrick Stewart is the narrator. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So so fun fact, though, he's not the narrator in the film. I don't mm, Just in the soundtrack. No, no, no. Yeah, he does narrate the, the, he narrates the, the original, the, the, the opening, but not the uh-huh. end credits. There's an, end, there's an ending on the soundtrack where he narrates the end of it. That's not in the movie. Okay, because hmm. I thought they had changed it for the actual film where it wasn't Patrick Stewart anymore. It might have. I thought Maybe it was just that one. It was possible. Um, possible, but Danny Elfman, my my love of my love affair with Danny Elfman, will be brought into yeah. this very shortly here. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the scene Jack and Beryl. Okay. Um, do you know who plays Sally, Brandon? I I actually I actually look it up? I, well I was listening to the soundtrack prior to us hopping on tonight mm-hmm. and so i'm like looking through and i'm like wait a minute wait a minute you saw her name didn't you i did and i'm my first thought was Shit's creek my second thought was kevin home so, alone yeah <laughs> this so, came out after home alone too with Catherine o'hara yeah, yeah. plays sally and shock so yeah. she's actually shock uh, and then another fun one that i thought was kind of fun but glenn shaddix is the mayor in this um so glenn you do know him okay he was otho in beetlejuice okay all right i was just i like otho so i'm like all right he's glenn Glenn shaddix is that guy so soundtrack by itself here going to soundtrack was released october 12th 1993 it's 20 tracks long 20 tracks 61 minutes long so just over an hour Mm -hmm. this one is danny elfman's again danny elfman love affair 15th studio soundtrack album Dang. he had he had 14 before this and he's had multiple since but right. he did he did he's done all all but one all but one of tim burton's movies but prior to this he did uh the batmans he did peewees he did scrooged the old oh. bill murray christmas movie yeah uh, dick tracy and ed scissorhands was the like the highlights of the the prior ones he did a few more other than that too um but this one peaked at number 64 on the billboard top 200 didn't get the soundtrack number for this one i don't know where it was out in the soundtrack chart um was nominated for the best original score in 93 for the golden globes um didn't win uh because it would have had to go up against uh schindler's list again wouldn't have won it if you haven't right. heard brandon speak on and on about Schindler's List and the score. Go back to our soundtrack episode we did in September. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was mis- mentioned. It was. Um, I'm a big soundtrack guy. You are a big sound. You're a big score guy. Score guy. I love. Yeah. That's um, why I made. That's why I majored in music in college. And you didn't score at all. Um, <laughs> nope. <laughs> I was I mean, hoping you would set me up for that, and it. Worked. I mean, yeah. It worked. All right, so. Uh, this I've one three, I've got three kids. I don't know if that was the route. Since. I don't know. I don't know if that's the. Oh, I don't know. You scored I, since anyway, but not anyway. during. Right, that is true. You, you want to get into semantics? We'll get to semantics. I'm not getting into anything. Yeah, well, that's that's the problem. Um. <laughs> All right. Sorry, Audrey. I'm so sorry, Mama Alberta. Um, <laughs> All yeah, right. yeah, my mom will listen to this one. Because remember, so, my mom didn't let me watch this anyway. Yeah, that does matter. So, She'll um, just wonder what it is. Yeah, she exactly. Might, What's it all about? She <laughs> might. 
until she until she hears until me talk she, and she's like steve's on this one too i can't listen yeah exactly um, if she made it this far i'm actually pretty happy yeah uh so the one cool thing i i liked about this the soundtrack is it actually did spawn a cover album that is awesome it's amazing it's called the nightmare revisited it was released in 2008 which is 15 tra- 15 years after the movie but it's popular artist take on this tracks uh amy lee from evanescence is on here marilyn manson's on here Devochka's on here so many it's a fantastic listen i'm hoping we can do it next year in halloween we'll bring that one back because it's an amazing sure. amazing thing here mm-hmm. um so that's kind of my spiel guys uh, a lot on this there's a lot of information about this stuff here but even though it was kind of a, a cult classic it definitely uh stuck around for quite a while it'll be around for a little while so let's let's get into our our stuff here um let's go audrey first audrey what was your favorite track on the album it's really hard to pick a favorite track mm-hmm. for this album because it's just it's hit after hit mm-hmm. um but like i was thinking about this and i have like three that are like always mm-hmm. good whatever the time whenever i'm listening but the one that sticks out is probably a lot of people's answer but it's this is halloween uh because okay. it just it, it brings you right into the like experience you're going to have for the whole film and uh like i just i love the opening shot where you're just like swooping into uh halloween town and there's like the little like sca- uh yeah the scarecrow and it's getting all like spooky mm-hmm. um and just the whole the the whole song just sets it up where this is going to be a kind of spooky movie but all these characters are really fun like they even say in the lyrics it's like we're not mean we're just creepy and this is our this is our life and yeah um yeah and i just i enjoy that like i love all of the like background characters in the movie like mm-hmm. one of my favorite guys is like the werewolf i just love him I hope he has an amazing life. Um, yeah. He just, I hope he thrives because he's For just sure. great. Yeah. He has a great arc. He has an arc and just, um, and I love like, just all of like the random characters who come in and out. So that song to me sticks out because it has everyone involved and you're introduced to, you know, the story and who yeah. all these fun people are. Absolutely. I'm just going to piggyback right off of that. Because that one was also my favorite track, um, which I know it kind of sounds, you know, it's, it, it's, yeah, like you said, Audrey, it's, it's one of the tracks that probably a lot of people are going to pick because it is one of the more famous, I guess, tracks, more popular ones. But um, looking at it orchestrally for me, because I'm a s- snobby music nerd, um, what it was, it was awesome. Um, the song, as you listen to it, and I tried to get away from the movie myself, but it's hard to not connect the movie and the soundtrack because it all kind of goes together. Anyway, there's all the different characters from one to the next. The music changes and kind of shifts with who's singing and who's doing what. And as somebody who has played in multiple orchestras, like having to deal with the nuance of who's doing what and what's sounding what, like it's a challenge because you have to pay attention, especially as a popular track, you in a really intense, fun track that it is like things change and the dynamic of the scenes change and just the music behind it. I thought the orchestra did a really good job. So 
for me, that was why I picked that one. So Steve, are we going to bat three for three on this one? Or are you, or, <laughs> no? All right. What's no. your favorite, what's your favorite track? So I could have went with that one. There's, there's like, obviously there's so many here that, that you can go with it. It's one of those things. Um, my favorite track is Oogie Boogie song. Okay. Uh, the jazzy feel is amazing. The mm-hmm. music with the horns, the piano is just fantastic. And Oogie's lyrics are top notch. If you like, think about that. The inflection throughout the song, as the actor portrays this, is amazing. It can it can phase that like maniacal delight of the bad guy so well, but at the same time, is like jokingly funny. Like it it comes off as a happy and silly song. But the bad guy is actually planning on making Santa soup. Like yeah. it's it, it, there's so much darkness to the song, but the way that it's given to you is like I'm happy about him 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 knocking off Santa Claus and making soup. Like yay, go ahead, I'm gonna do the best I can. Come on now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's it's such a over the top, amazing villain song. It reminds me a lot of um, Ursula's song in Little Mermaid, um, where she takes her voice and like you have a little body language, and it's like, I, I love that song too. But it's also just the, maybe I just like maybe I just like big villains. That's probably what it is. It's probably what like, it I like is. large villains, and you know Oogie's more of a pillowcase, but, um, but he's a large <laughs> yeah. pillowcase. Yeah. Uh, I just I I loved his. And it doesn't really is as the villain of the story. He really gets very little screen time. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the bad guy, and you know he's there. But is is he the bad guy? Who knows? You're going to get a whole lot of talk about him. The I werewolf think might get more else time. Is the bad guy, but yeah, the werewolf might get more time than Oogie. But I do, I do too, actually. But um, so that was my favorite. Uh, nice. Brandon, what are we doing now? We are gonna do, guys. It is time for our first game. So. Audrey, Steve, pull up the track list if you got it. And uh, right. it's time to play the uh, word association name game. Wang, let's play Wang. Let's play Wang. Word association name game. Wang, word association name game. Wang, Wang. So basically sorry audrey's a nice lady i'm gonna just ruin this <laughs> that's really funny actually yeah. so. <laughs> so uh that was pretty much steve's idea was the name of that um not that gonna... you ever guessed yeah right so basically <laughs> what i've done is audrey i've taken two songs two, two track titles from this uh soundtrack and kind of made them like reworded them kind of like word association or phrases that might be associated or something associated with what the actual track title is. And then you have to kind of determine what the track is based on the clue that I give you. All right. So first one, he just can't get enough. Oh, I got it. I think. Yeah, what do you think it is, Steve? Jack's obsession. Audrey, do you have a uh, a rebuttal to that, or are you agreeing with Steve? My rebuttal is, uh, what's this? Okay, so he just can't get enough is Jack's obsession. So, all right, next one. He gets me every once in a while. I know. 
this this one's gonna be pretty easy. I don't I whatever. Uh citywide zoom call. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Go ahead, Audrey. That would be the town meeting song. Steve, yes. do you have a yep, okay. Yep, good job. Yep. Town meeting song, guys. So that was the conclusion of the word association name game. So let's get into our least favorite tracks. I will start because I'm the one that's talking. Now, I don't know about you guys, but when I was listening to this, this this one had like, I don't know, did they come out with an extra album that had like extra songs on it? Because I listened to one that had like a Marilyn Manson. That was song. The Nightmare Revisited. The night, no, it wasn't. Was yes, it? it was. Yes, it was. It wasn't all of them. Well, anyway. you might have listened to some of the other ones. That one, okay. that one was I probably that's on Nightmare Revisited. Okay. Anyway, so I did. So my least favorite, because I listened to that one, mm-hmm. apparently, was This Is Halloween, redone by Marilyn Manson. Because that song is trash, in my opinion. Um, made it dar- he made it darker. The hard, went- the Okay, so I, I will say this, because this is an extra track, mm-hmm. I couldn't find a least favorite amongst the actual soundtrack itself like i had to think about this you know and usually i can appreciate when a musician takes a movie track and kind of makes it their own Mm -hmm. however with this one if you guys ever listen to it whoever gave marilyn manson the okay to do this one didn't make the right decision in my opinion i think they made the decision because of the persona that Manson gives off with his goth and creepy look um, and not because of the song itself um, and who might best represent that song for that version. So um, that was it. But if we're going based on the actual soundtrack itself, I really didn't have one because how can you pick a least favorite or pull a, a track? Like if you were to pull a track away, it really wouldn't make sense to the whole story. So for me, yeah, pick whichever one you want. So, Audrey, what about you? Did you have a least favorite track of the soundtrack? Yeah, I was going to say, so that that Nightmare Revisited came out like 2007, 2009-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was like, so when I was in like middle and high school, the emo kids were like obsessed with Nightmare Before Christmas, where uh-huh. it was like, oh, we're Jack and Sally, like we're forbidden love. And it's like this really dark love, like we're Blech. Jack and Sally. Yeah. So that that might be why they asked Marilyn yeah. Manson because that's what they listen to. So they're like, oh, they made this song for us because we're like different and outcasts and we shop at Hot Topic. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was a whole thing. Like, yeah. that was partially why I never watched it like in middle school because yeah. it was like, I don't want to be one of those kids. Right. Um, but all that being said, that uh, I haven't listened to that, and I don't want to because I'm I'm with you. I don't need a reimagined version of that song. But no. my least favorite, and again, it's not that it's musically bad. It's just mm-hmm. more the connotation of the song is "Kidnap the Sandy Claws." Um, I hate Lock, Shock, and Barrel. Like I literally hate them. I <laughs> they're the reason <laughs> I don't want children. Um, I'm joking, but. Um, <laughs> like no no i'm i I speak from experience no you're not wrong (laughs) they are everything bad about children um and they're not even children they're basically like demons um and which are basically children let's be honest it's it's a circle on the nose Um, sir yeah 
but it's just like it's such a creepy song and I don't like enjoy listening to it I know it Mm -hmm. you know it propels the story forward but and then they have like the little clawfoot tub that's like walking and I really don't like that visual um and yeah like music musically it sounds like Danny Elfman has a great way of making it sound really creepy and dissonant and Mm -hmm. so watching it in the movie it has its place but when I'm just like listening to the soundtrack I typically skip that one because I'm like I go to a dark place when I listen to it. Yeah, for sure. Well, I can to- I can totally see that. Steve, what was Man, yours? Y'all are gonna hate me for this. I'm, oh, I'm just putting it out ha- there right now. This is Halloween. No, 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 okay. no. I went with another top one, and to piggyback a little bit on Audrey here, like comparing yourself to Jack and Sally is almost comparing yourself to Romeo and Juliet. Not a good yeah. idea. Like. It's it, it's just not a good it's not a good it's not relationship goals guys, mm-hmm. um, you know you're trying to she's trying to escape from a father figure who's the bad guy, right. and he he's well, Jack, um doesn't know what the hell is going on nothing upstairs actually, um so just a skull just a skull, uh, my least favorite though is actually Sally's song, okay and it was for it was because of nightmare revisited okay um because while i respect Catherine o'hara for taking this one on i'm not a huge sally fan already because uh the character could have been a lot stronger like she has this this like double persona she's like this strong female character when it comes to this terrible doctor but mm-hmm. then when Jack's around, she's just like, oh, poor me. I got to take care of Jack. Like, you could be a different the, – the, the, the duality of her character kind of gets on my nerves sometimes. She would have made room on the door for this, Jack? Yeah. Yeah, she would have. But maybe not. I don't know. That was a like, terrible – that was a terrible it was, joke. It was a terrible joke, and I got it at the very end there. But way to bring Titanic up once again. I, I have to. You have to get there, don't you? Damn it. Um, but um, the – the Nightmare Revisited track is done by Amy Lee from Evanescence. And it's so hauntingly beautiful that it makes me hate the original (laughs) because that high-pitched Catherine O'Hara, you don't even know it's Catherine O'Hara's voice trying to sing, Mm -hmm. is so, like, ear-peachingly numb. I just, just, it makes me skip the track every single time. Moira can do a lot of things. (laughs) <laughs> but not sing that song, please. Yeah. Um, so that was that was my least favorite. Okay. So are we playing another game? We are playing yet another game. Uh, this one doesn't have a name yet. Um, we need a name for it at some point. Right now, it, I'm just calling it Shatner's Poetry Slam. So I don't know. It's kind of, that's a stupid name. Working title. Working title. Uh, so this one, basically what I've done is I've taken two tracks and I'm basically just going to read the lyrics like a story. And you guys have to tell me what song it is based on the lyrics that I'm reading. So just, yeah. So I've got two of them. You guys ready? Here we go. Go for it, man. All right. Well, 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 what have we here? Sandy Claus, huh? Just Oogie Boogie. All right. I was yeah. hoping I was hoping that it wasn't going to take that long, especially knowing that that was your favorite song. I just shook my head at you. Wait, I wanted you to I keep know. going. I know it. 
So, all right. Well, that, yep, that was right, guys. That was By the way, Audrey, when he does this game, we're doing like hip hop albums. We intentionally don't say the song. So he has to read all of the hip hop albums in the whitest voice possible. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, like so. William Shatner would do. Yes, that. exactly. I see. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So here's the next one. There are a few who deny at what I do, I am the best. For my talents are renowned far and wide. Jack's Lament. Nailed it. The Pumpkin King. Yep. Two lines for both of them. That was it. Two lines. That's all I ever get. I never get to read the whole thing unless it's hip hop and I have to swear and avoid the (laughs) N-word. Yes. uh, Well, yeah, that's kind of what happens. It just works out. Yeah. It makes me happy every single time. Works out. Maybe I'll have you do the game once, Steve. Anyway. I have a bit more soul than you, you though. It's true. All right, so let's get into our deep cuts, um, yeah. dark horse tracks. Um, Steve, we'll start with you this time. What was your deep cut or dark horse track? Dude, this to one? pull a deep cut from this one, I know. Unless you went score on me, it's a hard one to do. So, my my deep cut was poor Jack. Okay. Uh, it's the climax of the story, but it's a lesser known song. You might know like. The part of the song the very kind of the towards the middle to the end of it but the music on the, on the song is terrific as as almost all of these are um it kind of follows jack's mood throughout the song too uh he starts the song off kind of like down on himself and sad and low and it's the music is kind of just right there back and it starts to kind of build um and then as it builds he convinces himself that he isn't all that bad or or is he because he, he still wants to be the Halloween Town guy. Um, I love the crescendo when he declares that he is the Pumpkin King still, mm-hmm. but then, like, has this, like, light bulb moment where he's like, oh, crap, I got to fix all the stuff that is broke. Um, it just, like, that's it, 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 how the song ends. It's like, I am the Pumpkin King. Oh, I hope I have enough time to fix everything else. I just screwed up. Let me go find Sandy Claus. Um, so I just loved the, the story that that told. It kind of wrapped up what what would have taken a movie a lot longer to do in a good three and a half minutes it wrapped up a great plot point and just kind of like now we're moving towards the end kids um i think i thought it was done it was done great so i poor jack was mine what about you audrey yeah so i'm gonna go full on score um i'm like brandon i'm a big score gal it's okay um i i love listening to he almost has you scores like all day long Mm -hmm. um so the deep cut for me comes right before poor jack which is the christmas eve montage um the sort of incidental music that's playing as jack is royally screwing up christmas um Mm -hmm. in a really funny way like i love the giant snake eating the christmas tree like that it's just hilarious but um i just i love how Danny Elfman is able to like make it sound like Christmas and make it sound like Halloween at the same time and I think it's just like he uses all of his themes in this montage he uses like making Christmas um he uses Jack's theme um Mm -hmm. he uses all these themes that we've been introduced to to this like final moment um and Mm -hmm. I don't know there's this really fun fact I like to bring up about the score all the time um, if you'll indulge me, do either of you know what DS Ray is? The music of death. I don't. No, I am intrigued. So, 
so the music of death comes from uh, the, the Roman Catholic mass and there's part of the mass called Dies Irae, um, which is day of wrath or day of judgment or something because Catholics are all about judgment. Um, and uh, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Catholic guilt comes from that. Um, yeah. But so it's become a musical motif because the, the um, Dies Irae is, uh, it goes da 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 and um, it's used in movies uh, to typically signify like an evil character or death mm -hmm. or something bad is about to happen. So okay. you hear it in Making Christmas. You hear Making Christmas. That's the, it's using Dies Irae. Um, oh. You, you've heard, you can hear it in Lord of the Rings as well with like the, um, I think it's like the Nazgul theme or something. Um, okay. But so keep your ear open when you listen to movie soundtracks yeah. for the music of death because it is, it can tell you when something bad's about to happen. Um, oh man. So I just, that's a little like nugget that I love about this score is that Danny Elfman has used that motif um, to kind of tell you that making Christmas is not a good idea. Um, and uh, it's used also in the Christmas Eve montage. So, um, and then towards the end of that montage, you have that really sweeping music that leads right into mm -hmm. Horror Jack, where he's like laying across that gravestone, which is one of my favorite shots of the movie. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a great sampling of like the entire soundtrack, I feel yeah. like. No, I completely agree, which kind of for me lends into what I'm, also, it, for me, it's the overture. It was my deep cut. Um, and for this one, it's probably one of my most favorite parts about a musical, like a stage musical in particular, but even with a, a movie soundtrack. So it kind of brings, the overture brings the audience out of the real, the real world circumstances that they like walked into a theater with or sat down from the couch, you know, while you're getting ready for the movie. And it gets you into what you're going to experience for the next few hours. So with the overture for this one, it's a medley of some of the high points uh, from a handful of tracks from, from the movie. And um, even from a performance, from a performer standpoint, I always loved having, like getting ready for, for that moment when, you know, you hear the audience rum like the rumblings, and all of a sudden, you just sense that the lights kind of dim, and then the conductor brings us. I don't know. It's just the whole thing, and you know, and I love it. So for me, that was my deep cut. So before we get into our final thoughts and rating on this one, uh, Steve, you and I went to Facebook and asked a question to the masses, and we got one response which is fine for now we're going to do this more often for so now we get more right right right. this is the first time so there's all and we have a, i you know we all have our own opinions so um we asked the question and we'll pose the question so guys if you're listening to this and you're you know whatever follow us on facebook at the notes my goats podcast we're going to start posing posting questions a couple a day or two before we start recording somehow relating to the album or soundtrack or whatever it is that we're doing something related to it that you guys can interact with and we will might share your thoughts on the episode so mm -hmm. question was 
is this movie a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie? First, have- though, before before we get into Brandon's response, because Brandon, not you, Brandon, Brandon, who responded to that. Yeah. Audrey, Halloween movie or Christmas movie? Yeah. So, if I had to pick Christmas movie, okay. because I never watch it before Halloween. I watch it between Halloween and Christmas, which Makes I feel it a Thanksgiving like if it were, movie. Were a hol- if it were a, well... I think I watch it before Thanksgiving because I'm in Christmas mode on November one. I'm one of those oh my, people. I'm with sorry. my wife, my wife too. <laughs> um, but I don't watch it before Halloween. Um, and I imagine like Halloween movies are what you watch to like get pumped up for Halloween. Mm-hmm. And this I don't necessarily watch before Halloween. Okay. It feels too early. Yeah, for sure. Okay, Brandon, what about you? Um, I kind of fall into that same category where I don't really watch it leading into Halloween, but I watch it more closer to Halloween than I do Christmas. So I'm calling this a Halloween movie. Also because of the music. Now, I know that Audrey touched on it. You touched on it a little bit before about how Toward the end, Danny really kind of melds cr- Christmassy music-ish uh, with the creepy Halloween thing. But for the most part, for me, the orchestration and what he does is more on that eerie side. Um, and it's not like your typical, like, joy to the world. It's all minor key stuff, not major key stuff. Very quirky. So for me, I'm calling it a Halloween movie. Steve, which whose side you taking, man? Both. Yeah, dude, it's yeah. a it's a it's a year round movie for me. Boo! I know. If I had, <laughs> but if I had to, if I had to pick between the two of them, Christmas. Okay. Uh, only because it is in the title is a nightmare before Christmas. So like it kind of, it's a lot more of that going on, but if my comment on the page there is I want to see what happened in Easter town and Thanksgiving town because release the Turkey cut, release the Turkey. Let's go. Yeah. Um, release the Turkey cut. Yeah. There, there should be something here. We got to get something, but I think it'd be one of those situations. Yeah. Um, it's a Christmas movie, but I'll watch it year round. It doesn't matter when sure. it is. I listen yeah. to the soundtrack whenever I can. So, okay, we had a we had one person respond to our question who falls into your guys's camp. Um, his name is Brandon Navarra. He said it's a Christmas movie. It's called The Nightmare Before Christmas. The whole premise is to a guy trying to find meaning to his life and purpose. He realizes that through Christmas. Sure, he is dead and from Halloween Town, but he learns it all through Christmas. And then all he had to do was culturally appropriate a holiday and he figured out who he was. Yeah, exactly. So and then Steve decided to make a and then Steve submit uh, commented back with a gif of like somebody like, Yeah, you're using your noggin. So (laughs) it's what I do, man. Come on now. I know you're the gif gif genius. So I, I really, I mean, I mean, I, I want to wear that with pride, but I kind of do. Yeah. I am this, the, the, the podcast troll. So it kind of works out for sure. 
So let's get into our final thoughts and ratings on this one. I'll start. Um, I like this movie. I like the soundtrack. Uh, the music is amazing. Uh, Steve, I know you're probably going to talk about Danny uh, a lot because you're in love with him. But he is an orchestration master. And to me, probably one of the best in the business. Um, I'm giving this one a nine and a half out of 10. Short and sweet and simple. Nothing too crazy. You can't really, unless you listen to like the, the remastered, remixed one, there's really nothing that can go wrong with, with this album overall. Um, so, Audrey, what about you? What are your final thoughts overall and what's your rating from one to 10? Yeah, I just, I've seen this movie at least probably 10 times. Um, I watch it every year. I have seen it um, with a symphony, like playing the soundtrack in the background. Like nice. it is, it is something I go out of my way to like make sure it is part of my holiday traditions. Um, so yeah, soundtrack wise, I think I'm just gonna round up and give it a 10 out of 10. Um, yeah. There's just, there's so many fun little moments in the soundtrack that like I wait for while I'm listening to it, like, and just fun, fun moments um, that aren't necessarily like in the soundtrack, but are musical moments in the movie. Um, like when the, the vampire band plays like a minor key version of Here Comes Santa Claus is one of the funniest things to me. Oh, yeah. Um, so just all of like the just the musicality and um those little moments and the themes. Um, I'm right with you. Danny Elfman is one of the best in the business. I love pretty much every soundtrack of his I've ever listened to. And this is my favorite. Nice. Awesome. Steve, round us out, man. So the movie's a cult classic for a reason. The music uh, may be the main cause for that following. Um, the mixture of the catchy singles with a fantastic score keeps the audience engaged and the story moving along, even with kids. I know the movie is a little scary, but it keeps kids entertained. And I think those those little snippets that Audrey mentioned before with the werewolf and the, the tub and like the other little things that are always moving in the background. This is like an ADHD kids like dream movie because there's always something else happening here. Mm -hmm. The same thing goes with the soundtrack you cannot hone in on one separate thing. You start honing in on a vocalist and those, the, the music's going to pick you back up. You try to figure out like what instrument this guy's playing and there's something else happening behind the scenes. Like there's, it's so complex for a soundtrack. It's just amazing. Um, and that does go back to Danny Elfman. How this is mixed and mastered is just perfect. The voice cast for here is good. Even though I wasn't a big fan of Moira, good old, good old Catherine on this one. Um, I think she was still a good pick for it from the time, time and place. Mm -hmm. And I mean, hell, she nailed it. Um, the staying power of this one is remarkable when you, when you do remember that, it, like I said, I mentioned before, it did come out between two of Disney's biggest animated features ever. Probably the two, the two biggest animated movies to ever be made with Aladdin and Lion King. And have this one sandwiched between the two of them and still be relevant, mm -hmm. you know, almost 30 years later is remarkable. I mean, you still see kids that are in their you know, early teens wearing Jack and Sally stuff. It's just amazing. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, I went with a seven out of there. Oh, man. All right. Nice. So, guys, that was our deep dive into 
The Nightmare Before Christmas. Let us know what you think. Is this a Halloween movie? Is this a Christmas movie? Uh, 90% of the people think it's a Christmas movie, and then there's me, So, uh, which is fine. But uh, <laughs> it is what it is. So, Audrey, this one's coming out kind of middle to end of October. Uh, what do you do? You have anything you want to plug or kind of point people toward um, into the end of the year or into next year? What do you got going on? Uh, there's nothing, nothing time sensitive, uh, but I do have a podcast of my own. Uh, a friend of mine and I talk about movies, um, specifically Academy Award winning movies, on our podcast called and the award goes to dot 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 little three periods at the end um that's available anywhere you find podcasts um i also have a blog um i have i don't post super often but if anyone's interested it is oddsblog.com nice awesome i'll be checking out your podcast now i know right so will i that's awesome um steve where can uh where can our friends find us so you guys can find us at Most Ghost Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter is kind of our bastard stepchild. We don't hang on to it very often, but no. most of our stuff gets put on there. Yeah. Uh, really, we're, we're Instagram and Facebook-centric. Uh, Instagram for Brandon, Facebook generally for me, yeah. um, being the old guy of the bunch. I'll, I'll take it. Um, it is what it is. Uh, but you guys found us on all major pl- podcasting platforms that you've already found us on now. Uh, keep us going there. Share them with your friends. That's going to help us kind of grow there. If you're on Apple or Instagram or uh, Apple or Spotify, like us, follow us, give us a rating or review. That does help us move up the the chart there a little bit just to get us out there. Um, but really the biggest thing you're going to do is, is share the podcast with, you know, friends, family, social medias, and help us out there. That's going to help us more than anything else. We, we want to see this thing loved. grow. We, we want, want some loved. love. Yeah. And, you know, I really want Adam Levine to respond back to me when I when I mentioned his name. Mm-hmm. He checks out my podcast and doesn't respond back to me. However, yeah. listening to that podcast, I think it's your fault this time, not mine. It, it is my fault. If, yeah. Um, if he's so, mad, I'll take the blame. Yeah, you take the blame. And he, if he wants to come on the podcast and yell at you, I'm totally down. He can Dude, make I it happen. too. Yeah. Especially if it's shirtless and we can film it and then put it out on our – yeah, no, sorry. Might have took it a little too far there. But oh um gosh. Come on now. He did that a lot of times. I'm not trying to podcast, but sex sells, damn it. Um, neither oh, of us taking our shirts off anytime soon. Um, yep. So, but that's where you can find us. Uh, check out Audrey's podcast. This will be in the show notes, and we'll put we'll put it on our on yeah. our um, stuff as well for uh, f- graphics. That's what the word I was looking for was graphics. I didn't yeah. swear. I was looking for the word graphics. Yeah. Um, so we'll have on the graphics there for you as well to check her podcast out. I will be looking into that. But other than that, guys, this has been the Nightmare Before Christmas soundtrack in our spooky season of October. Mm-hmm. Uh, as always, I am Steve. I am Brandon. And we will see you guys next Tuesday. See ya. Notes, my goats. Notes, my goats. Notes, my goats. Notes, my goats.